our app we launched last year and it's been hugely successful for us probably one of the best things we've ever done for the business Hey, my name is Felix Tia, and I'm the host of Shopify Masters, a weekly podcast powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in person, and anywhere in between. Each week, we invite entrepreneurs like you to share what they've learned growing successful e-commerce businesses. In this episode, you'll learn how they grew their Instagram to 30,000 followers from scratch in just a few months, how they built a shopping app for their store, and how to scale up a business up to 8,000 SKUs of one-off products. Before we dig into our show, I want to let you know that as we all find new ways to grow and pivot during the effects of the crisis, the team at Shopify put together The Navigator, which is a free weekly curated newsletter filled with resources, insights, and tips to help businesses adapt and navigate this time of uncertainty and beyond. Sign up now for The Navigator at shopify.com slash SMB newsletter. Today, I'm joined by Rory Westbrook from True Vintage and ShopEx. True Vintage is a leading vintage clothing retailer growing at a rapid rate and providing global customer base with an eco-friendly approach to fashion. It was started in 2014 and based out of London and has annual revenues of £2 million. Welcome, Rory. Hi, Felix. Yeah, so you guys have always been fans of vintage and rare clothing. How did this manifest into owning a vintage clothing company? So it all started whilst I was studying at university uh, six years ago. I was a collector of vintage clothing myself, so um, I was always into fashion before that, but particularly the things I liked about vintage is you wouldn't see anyone else wearing the same thing. I loved sort of the 90s era and the designs around that, and the sort of sustainability factor was something I liked, that we were saving clothing from landfill, and you could actually wear the clothing a few times, and it would keep its value, if not... um, sell for more so that was sort of the original reasons i i got into vintage clothing in the first place got it now how did did you, did you guys uh, either either you or the founding team have started business before or was this the first project that you guys worked on uh so this was my first project so i was in second year at university and i was studying business and i formed the company uh, myself so yeah as i mentioned earlier i was a collector and i saw that there wasn't many vintage clothing companies around sort of doing a good job um online so i yeah set up the the business um mainly on instagram is the first channel we we started utilizing um so i actually started out selling my personal collection to see see if there was appetite for uh, for these products so yeah, we saw um, I, I saw great success early on. Um, within the sort of first few days, I'd, I'd sold out my whole collection, and that was simply just from putting the items on Instagram. I was following people using hashtags and word of mouth. We quickly gained a a strong following. So within within a few days of of setting us up on Instagram, I then uh, set up a website, and we quickly grew from there. Okay, so this is a great way that I think you've laid out how to validate with low risk, low cost to get rolling on seeing a business idea has legs. So you started an Instagram account. Was this like a brand new account that you started from scratch or like how much, how much I guess of a, um, a, a momentum did you already have at this point with your Instagram account? So it was, it was a brand new Instagram account. I yeah just thought of the name, went with True Vintage and pictured the the existing items I had in my collection and yeah, I just went from there, just built the following by following people and 
um, yeah, it really, really quickly grew. So once we once we started selling, we um, from the Instagram, we then set up the website and pushing everyone from our Instagram channel to our website. And early on, we uh, did things like Instagram competitions as well to win store credit and got people to share our page. And that, yeah, again, helped us to, to gain new customers. Okay, so Instagram, you set up a brand new Instagram account and you mentioned that you were, you, you put up all of the, I guess, product photos of the products that you wanted to sell out of your personal collection. Like, what did your actual feed look like as you were building up the Instagram following? Um, to be honest, back then, the feed didn't look didn't look amazing. So yeah, this was six years ago. It was very sort of simple what I was doing, just taking pictures of clothing on the floor um, or on a hanger. And yeah, we've come a long way since then. But you, the, the products were, I, I suppose the products sort of did the talking themselves. They're all exciting and uh, loud designs. So uh, yeah, even though my imagery wasn't wasn't great back then, uh, yeah, they certainly sold themselves. And I was also running this up my uh, university bedroom, so I didn't really have um, yeah great space to do it. And yeah, I, I also started a business literally with a few hundred pounds savings. Uh, so again, I didn't have use of yeah great equipment or for photography or anything like that. Got it. Now, what about the captions in the on the those photos or those images? Like, how important was that? Did you put much thought into those? To be honest, I back back then, uh, many years ago, I was posting on Instagram, sort of twenty to thirty times a day, every single product that I put up. Um, so that was before the days of the Instagram algorithm and um, came into play. So. I was actually posting a lot and didn't actually have much time to get creative with the captions, but the use of hashtags and uh, I, I guess friends were tagging their friends in products they thought they would like. That seemed to work really well for us. Okay, so 20 or 30 times per day, you mentioned this was pre-Instagram updating the algorithm, which now doesn't necessarily give you as much reach as before. Now, were you posting the same product over and over again? Like, or did you have that big of a collection where you were putting out that much content, putting out that many product photos? Oh, yeah. So I, I wouldn't ever put up the the same images again. Um, so, and each product we got, um, yeah, each product we do get is unique, one of one. So uh, every day there was yeah new content going up on the Instagram and what I did early on with the business to, to keep it exciting for our customers is we, we would get, say, a few hundred products in at once from a supplier, and we would spread that out and make sure that we had new items going up every single day. So that would give people a reason to keep coming back to the website or keep coming to, back to our Instagram to see what was new. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Now, I just want to make sure I kind of lay out the, the timeline on all, all of this. So there's a validation phase where you were just selling your own personal collection first. And what was that? You said like 15 pieces or how many pieces did you sell before you realized that there was a, a validated business model? Yeah, it was literally uh, probably about 15 pieces out of my collection. Mm -hmm. They sold so quickly that I, yeah, I knew there was definitely appetite for this. So yeah, with all of the money I got from from selling those, I then quickly found suppliers and knew that I needed to set up a website. So, just yeah, just a matter of days, really. Okay, that makes sense. And you mentioned that you use a lot of hashtags, which got you that initial following. Can you say more about that? Like, how important are hashtags on Instagram today? 
we we still do it and um yeah they they worked really well for us when we first started the company it, it definitely helped us show up on yeah the other instagram feeds and it's something i would recommend um but nowadays actually how it's how it's changed is that due to the algorithms that we're actually spending more time on making sure our content's looking as good as possible to to get that reach but yeah definitely i'd say hashtags are still still important Okay, so it sounds like you're shifting now from more quality content, less quantity, uh, versus before where it was just about getting as much content out as possible and using hashtags as much as possible. Now you're focused more on the content, individual posts itself. Can you say more about that? Like, how do you, what kind of conscious decisions do you make when you want to create a high performing, high quality post on Instagram? So the things we look at for our particular business, uh, we have a look into the analytics of our website just to see what's trending well at the moment uh, so in terms of brands we look at what what might um what our customers want to see so that's something that we make sure we're on top of trends and then ultimately when we're looking at doing the pictures we are something that's really grabbing colorful and a bit different i mean yeah there's many sort of fashion retailers out there at the moment um and yeah posts on instagram feeds can get sort of lost in each other so mm-hmm. we we go for sort of really bold edits as well and um yeah do some um yeah our guys do some great work on photoshop to make our, our product stand out got it now you mentioned that you are looking at your own data your your own analytics looking at the site and are you looking at the products that people are viewing a lot or purchasing a lot like what is the biggest determination of how you should curate the content on your instagram yeah so we look at a range of things just to see what categories got lots of views in in the previous previous month we look at products which um yeah again got got lots of views and what's being bought regularly so from that as well we we then look at ourselves what stock we've got coming in and because we are our own target customer everyone that works with me is um into yeah vintage clothing so we've got a good idea of what will what will sell well to our customers and what they'll want to see Mm. Now, how quickly or how often does the the trends change where you're looking at the data on your website one day and then like how soon after does it change materially where you guys have to start to say, okay, let's focus our content and also focus our curation differently? Uh, that's, uh, I, I suppose, within seasons, really. Um, s- some trends can go on for a long time, so brands that are doing particularly well for us at the moment would be nike adidas um lots of the sportswear brands so they seem to have been doing well for a long time but other brands can come and go pretty quickly so we make sure we we stay up to date with that and yeah as i mentioned earlier staying on top of the season so that people are seeing relative content to um yeah where they are in the world Got it. Okay, so again, fifteen a piece of your own that you get that you first sold. You saw that there was the demand for it. What was the the next step that you took? So you went to set up the website, but did you have to kind of take a pause for a minute while you curated or got more inventory in? Like, what was that next step after you validated the business? So the next steps, I, I moved pretty quickly. To be honest, I got a hold of some suppliers and I had stock arriving within the next few days. 
So I yeah, had a few days to get the website up and running and get our domain sorted. And then from there, yeah, I was just focusing on, on getting as much stock as possible. And as soon as it was coming, getting it online and, and selling it straight away. Um, so yeah, there wasn't much of a delay. The only thing I had to juggle was university at the same time. So I was, I was studying full time as well as trying to work full time on the business. Mm. Now, when you don't have a lot of data, especially in those early days about what kind of products people like, how did you make informed decisions on what to stock up on from these suppliers? I was literally just going for what styles I liked um, at first. So, um, yeah, we got I got together a good buying guide for my suppliers for the, for the things for them to stick to. And, yeah, at first it literally was items that, that I liked and then after a while as you mentioned then data um yeah was more relevant and I could actually start to see what was doing well okay and these suppliers you mentioned that you got new stock in within just a matter of days did you already know the suppliers or how did you find suppliers to stock up the inventory on your brand new site so yeah I, I was speaking with one already um that I bought some personal items from and they're in a position to start wholesaling to me. And yeah, I just, just had various other ways um, that I've yeah, found a few suppliers and quickly yeah, got a few lined up. So yeah, I was able to move really quickly on that. Got it. Now, what did you find that made them want to work with you? Again, a brand new store, brand new business. Was it hard to convince them to want to supply to you? No, it wasn't, wasn't too difficult, to be honest. Um, I sort of mentioned what our plan was for the business and that we wanted to buy in larger volumes from them as soon as possible we gave fair prices and uh yeah had good relationships with them early on always uh staying in regular contact always paying on time so it wasn't too difficult no Got, and you mentioned that you start off with just a few hundred pounds and then of course whatever revenue and profits that you generated from selling your initial personal collection how much was that initial production run where you ordered pieces to stock up the website so that was just a few hundred pounds um for the first mini stock drop to come and then from there i was yeah i had very limited costs when i first set up the the business and was running out of my bedroom so all, all the money i made i was reinvesting it um and then yeah within a matter of weeks to months i was having yeah huge boxes turn up with uh over sort of 100 items at a time and yeah it quickly grew from there mm -hmm. okay so now the website is set up you had that early success on instagram how did you drive traffic to the website like was it from instagram or some other means yeah so literally the only way was from from instagram in those initial few months instagram and Twitter. Um, I was running Facebook as as well, but Instagram has always sort of been the dominant channel for us. So I focused more uh, more in that area. So yeah, something I touched on earlier was the competitions that really um, helped get our name out there and word of mouth. And yeah, no no, no money spent on marketing. Um, not even within the first few years of our business operating. Mm -hmm. Now, when you said these Instagram competitions, you mentioned it was to win store credit on this brand new store you had set up. Can you talk more about this competition? Like, how was it set up? So we we ran a number of 
different competitions, but on the whole, it would be for customers to win store credit or a, a special pro- a rare product that we had. It was just as simple as on Instagram, liking the picture and sharing it or tagging friends. And yeah, that, that got us a huge reach. And if we, we also ran the competition in partnership on our Twitter page as well, just as a simple favorite and retweet. Uh, yeah, so I think we've, we used to run those every every couple of weeks. And yeah, within the first few months, we, we were up to sort of 30,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. And the goal of these Instagram competitions was to get more followers, at least initially. Is that is that correct? Exactly, yeah. So yeah, once we've got those followers, then we were just marketing to them on our Instagram page daily. So new followers we quickly turned into into customers. Now, it sounds like you had kind of different tweaks or different uh, ways to run this Instagram competition. Looking back on the experience of all the things you've done, like is there the perfect model for you now where you have realized like, this is the best setup in terms of what kind of prize to give away, what kind of requirements people need to, 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 to take to, to be entered into the giveaway? Like what is that perfect competition, Instagram competition that, that you would set up again if it, in terms of getting more followers? We're always open to trying new things, but I would say our most recent one that we did with a company called Mob Kitchen, we paired up with them and we gave away £3,000 store credit. So it was by far the biggest competition we've ever done. And that was simply uh, people liking the picture and tagging their friends. And we, we gained a lot of new followers doing that. So yeah, I'd say partnering up with another company if possible, it works really well. What's the, what, what does that do? What does partnering up with another company do for increasing the success of an Instagram competition? So they were also posting the competition on their channel as well. And how we set that up was to be entered into the competition. They, all followers had to make sure that they were following both ourselves, the True Vintage and Mob Kitchen. So we were then put in front of all of their, uh, all of their followers, all of their uh, customer base and Likewise, they were put in front of ours and it yeah, really helped gain a lot of new followers. Got it. Now, was that, you said, is it called Mob Kitchen? What was the name of the, the brand you partnered with? Yeah, Mob Kitchen. Is that is that like a similar audience as you or like how did you determine what who to partner with? So, yeah, you, you don't want to, I guess, partner with any direct competitors. So we wanted someone in a, a different space. They are... Um, yeah, they've got a, a great following, a young customer base similar to ourselves, and they sort of focus on university students and create some amazing meals and ideas for, yeah, for cooking and recipe books, etc. So they, yeah, it was like a really, really good fit with in terms of, I guess the, yeah, their actual customer base. Although they're nothing to do with with fashion, it did work really well. So basically the same demographic, same audience, but the the partner that you are partnering up with is ideally selling a different product or meeting a different need for that audience. Exactly, yes. Okay. Now you mentioned you grew this within just a few months with 30,000 followers, which is a huge, huge you know start for any business. What worked to drive them to your store? So you had a following, like what did you actually do to get people to go to your store and check out the products there? So... I guess the back then on Instagram that we didn't have any of the 
fancy sort of shopping via Instagram or anything like that. That was in the early days. So if anyone saw products they liked, they knew they had to go to the website anyway to to get a better view of it. Uh, we what also worked well for us was that all of our items are sort of unique, one of one. So there was, yeah, people knew that they would sell out really quickly. So people were almost rushing to to buy that garment before anyone else. That worked well for us. So driving urgency via Instagram, regular content spread throughout the day, and people tagging their friends to uh, yeah to let them know about new clothing. That that really worked well for us. But we didn't really vary our content or anything back then. It was simply just product focused, but it, it did work really well for us. And I know that's not not the norm when I was looking looking into how other companies um, approach Instagram. No one was sort of doing it how we were posting that that, that amount of times and that regularly and just that product focus. But it really yeah, it really worked well for us. And as as we've seen the changes recently in Instagram. Um, I think, yeah, the companies have seen how important it is as a, a tool for, for selling. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about how your Instagram advertising strategy has shifted these days? Yes. So our advertising strategy in terms of marketing to our followers already, we now have the use of Instagram stories, which is great to put lots of content in there. And then within the actual product, uh, within the actual Instagram feed, we were only posting up to four times a day and we make sure that content is different from anything you've seen before and make sure it's really exciting and we spend a lot more time creating something special for that. So that's in terms of marketing to our current customer base. But what we do now as well is Instagram advertising, which again works really well for us and that's obtaining new new potential customers through through adverts, um, which yeah we've been we've been doing for a few years now, and helps generate new followers and and sales. Got it. So definitely want to talk about the Instagram paid advertising in a second. But before we get there, let's talk about marketing to current followers. You mentioned Instagram Stories. How's that produced? Like, how do you guys produce the the content that goes into the Instagram Stories? Instagram stories, we we try and use what we've got already. So for instance, product photos, we've we've still got new items going up every day. So we use that imagery and we use call to actions, whether that's swipe up or we include uh, gifts just to make those stories stand out a bit more. And then within that, we'll give out certain information to our customers to split up um split up the story so it's not just product focused so we'll have information about shipping we'll have information about payment methods such as Klarna we will then push other things which new customer new followers might not know about for instance uh, to download our app and get a discount on there so there's a number of different things we we push on the stories and you mentioned that on the feed you post a, a max of four times a day. Do you guys limit yourself or feel like you have to limit yourself when it comes to the posts that go in the stories? On the stories, not so much. I mean, we, yeah, we still do a lot of stories, but we probably wouldn't go over sort of 20 or 30 a day. Um, but I, I think that's probably an, yeah, an acceptable amount of stories, but we don't want to yeah, go overboard on that. 
Yeah, so certainly still a lot of content to produce. Do you have like a, a dedicated member that works on producing the, the content that goes into the stories and the feed or what's the process for every day basically making sure that you have new content that goes on your Instagram? That's the job of my brother Guy who's been working with me pretty much since um, yeah, since we started and he's got the, yeah, the task of content creation as well as other things but yeah content creation is a daily uh, task for us and something we have to stay on top of just as i as i mentioned before all of our products are unique so once we create the content for that we can we can only sell one of those pieces so um it's yeah sort of a constant battle to keep our instagram page exciting and try and drive as many of our followers to the website to to find similar products as possible and what's the metric that you'd like to look at to measure if the content is successful or not? Ultimately, we're looking at the the likes and the reach. Um, yeah, the, the two main things we look at. Uh, but again, this sort of main thing we'd expect is the products that have been pictured in particular that at least they have sold. Uh, but yeah, if, if we're reaching more people, we'll we'll see a spike in and website hits for that day. Hey, real quick, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think or what you'd like to hear more of. Now, let's get back to the interview. So you mentioned as well that you are you also have an app that you guys have developed and that also helps a lot with marketing to existing customers, existing followers. Can you say more about that? Yes, yeah, so our app we launched last year and it's been hugely successful for us. Probably one of the best things we've ever done for the business but in terms of actually marketing to our customers it's by far our best channel so the push notifications most of our customers actually sign up to those straight away because we offer an app only discount for um, as, as soon as you download the app you'll be given a discount code and then from there our customers are then uh, engaged with us and will receive flash sales or product releases which we'll put out first on the app so that's something that's been working really well for us and in terms of the actual marketing we're getting a times seven open rate on our push notifications compared to email marketing and what we're seeing as well as um, sort of the crowded space of email marketing even instagram as well is becoming a bit more challenging for us to to reach our customers whereas with the app whoever has subscribed to push notifications will receive will receive that notification and it really helps us drive more traffic to to the app and and helps with sales and as as well as the standard push notifications we've actually got automated campaigns so um, if customers um, haven't been on the app in a while we send them a gentle reminder that we've added new stock or if they are a vip customer because they've spent a certain amount with us we'll send them a push notification with the reward so yeah, it's where a lot of our focus goes and yeah, the, the app really does well for us in terms of marketing. So the app is basically like a, a, a app that displays all of your latest, latest content or latest products that you guys have put out there. And it's basically just like a, a native shopping experience for the customer. Yes, exactly. So yeah, it's a shopping app, but we also have the blog on there as well. And ultimately it's just an improved user experience for our customers. So we actually had 
80% of our traffic um, coming from a mobile device on our website. And I think that's pretty typical for e-commerce um, companies out there at the moment. So about a year ago, we we saw this, uh, how much traffic was actually coming from a mobile device. And that's probably down to our customer base being pretty young. Um, most of our customers are sort of between 16 and 30. And again, Instagram, uh, people were coming directly from a mobile device. So we wanted to look at improving that user experience. And we also did regular polls with our customers via Instagram and the app often came up as something our customers wanted to see. So on the back of that, we, we looked to launch the app as, as soon as possible. And it's sort of far exceeded our expectations in terms of revenue. It now makes up a third of our, of our total revenue, which is pretty astonishing considering we've only had it uh, up and running for a year. And what I touched on earlier, how we're engaging with customers is far more effective. But ultimately, we're just providing a better user experience for customers and our law customers are downloading the app and it's easier to check out. I think that's why we're seeing such great results on there. Mm-hmm. That, that's awesome. So you mentioned that you guys decided to invest in building an app because your customers told you to. And this all came from polls that you guys held. Can you say more about this? Like, What were you asking your customers that led you to deciding that let's invest, you know, because an app is not necessarily something that's easy to spend time doing, right? It's totally new technology that the that a, uh, a merchant has to learn how to develop or get developed. So what were you asking your customers to, and what were their answers that led you to say, like, this is worth while time, use of our time and resources to build an app? So we used to ask a, a numerous, numerous things on our polls, really looking at products. So if they're more the brands that they wanted to see and then we went into sort of what how they feel the experience could be improved with true vintage as well and that's when the app seemed to yeah come up a lot they they again mentioned that the mobile experience was was good on our website but um yeah they definitely would want to see an improved improved um experience on that so yeah the app came up in, a number of times it was actually we sort of noted down the results from all of these polls and each time we asked our customers for what they'd like to see from us an improvement, the app would, yeah, would be far above anything else. And were they refer? It sounded like there's a pretty educated customer base where they have experienced using apps, shopping apps from other brands. Were there other brands that they they referenced that you guys were able to non, you know, to take inspiration from? They wouldn't necessarily mention other brands, although that would have been a good um, idea for a poll back then, actually, to find out what they liked from other shopping apps. But I think just because our our customer base is young and people are, yeah, spend a lot of time on, on apps nowadays. They, they they were used to seeing them. And before we actually set up our app, we, we did some market research. And many people, younger people we spoke to, they actually only shopped with brands on mobile apps just because that was their preferred channel. So, yeah, just a bit of research into that. Um, yeah, it was, it was clear to see that we needed to to create um, an app for us. Okay, got it. So now that you have determined that this this is the next stage of your business to build an app for your customers, how did you build it? So what we looked at doing, we we were getting quotes for having um, an app custom built and the quotes were coming back hugely expensive. 
Um, so we were sort of shopping around and I was looking on the app store, on the Shopify app store to see if there was any technology where we could build our own mobile app. Um, and at the time I, I couldn't find, couldn't find anything. Um, so that's why we wanted to, to look into, yeah, what could be done about that. So we got the technology built ourselves, um, and it connects directly to our Shopify store, which is great that all the products and collections and orders are synced in real time. And then we had a dashboard to then create our own app. So we linked up the collections, we designed the app, and then we also had a section where we could manage the push notifications from as well and an analytics section. So we initially built the app for True Vintage and just on the back of its success, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's got off to a great start and already makes up a third of our total revenue and um yeah, how we're engaging with customers is yeah, far better than any other channel. I thought that um there's yeah, there was an opportunity here for a new business to open this software up to other Shopify stores. So that's when we formed a new business called ShopX and we now uh, sell that technology to at the Shopify stores to set up mobile apps for them as well. Got it. So now, when you created your first app for for True Vintage, how did you how did you actually launch it and promote it to your customer base to get people to try it out and adopt using this new method of buying? So there's a number of things we did to yeah, get our customers to download the app. One thing that worked really well was a first time app discount. So what we set up is a discount code that would only work on the app and not on the main Shopify website. So that encouraged people to to download and yeah, get the discount code. We also had a, or I'd still do actually, a mobile um, sticky header at the top of the website, just letting anyone know um, when they come onto the mobile website that we do have an app available and for sort of an improved user experience and new features, we recommend downloading that. We include the app in our email marketing and also we have a section on our website as well. And yeah, ultimately we're just um, pushing it on yeah, all channels just to let our customers know that we've got an app out there. The user experience is far better and there's yeah access to discounts and flash sales. So we quickly gained a, a large following on the app and, it's still growing at a, a, a phenomenal rate at the moment. And as I mentioned earlier, it's sort of the, the main thing we're pushing. So it's, yeah, not surprised that it, it keeps, uh, it keeps doing well for us in terms of downloads and revenue. Yeah, you mentioned that 30% of your revenue now after about a year comes from the app. How far do you see this growing over the next year? So we anticipate that it's going to, by the end of the year, make up um, 50% of our revenue. Um, I'll, yeah, we're still pushing people towards that channel. We, um, yeah, we're making some improvements to our app as well to, to make, make it an even better experience. And yeah, ultimately, once we get customers over to the app, they're more likely to convert. They're actually, um, five times more likely to convert on our mobile app than our than our website, which um is yeah, was quite surprising once it saw um how much better the app was doing. So we're just continuing to to get people across that channel. 
you mentioned that there's a 15 you should mention there's a discount code for them using the app i think i see here on your website that's 15 percent off for the first order using the app now how does that how do, how do you use the discount code to encourage people to enable push notifications on the on the app so as soon as they download the app they are prompted to um, accept for the push notifications and from there they're given a welcome series which will have Welcome to the True Vintage app and their discount code. And then from then on, we offer uh, exclusive discounts and early access to products. So that way it keeps, uh, we sort of keep giving to our customers so that they they almost like having the notifications because they know they're going to be getting good deals or or good content regularly. And you mentioned that the the conversion rate is is it, as you said is it four or five times greater than through the through the website by using this app? Yeah, so our conversion rate on our app is three point five percent, and on our website it's actually down at zero point six percent, which I know isn't high for a website, but given our business model of um, vintage clothing and items only being available in in certain sizes that um that's why we see typically lower conversion rates but yeah um it's far higher on the app got it and you mentioned also seven times the open rate through the app compared to like email what are you what are you sending them through these push notifications through the app so what we send on the app would be flash sales or new products and then we also do automated push notifications which can be set up on our ShopX dashboard. So we have um, wish list campaigns. So if someone's likes liked a product and it's running low on stock, or um, just a reminder that that's still available, they'll get sent an aut- automated push. Or we have automated uh, push campaigns for abandoned carts, which work really well for us. And then we have other other ones that like win back series if someone hasn't been on the app in a while, or VIP customers, if someone's spent a certain amount, we will then send them a push notification, just prompting them to come back to the app or offering them offering them something such as discount code. Got it. Anyone who wants, wants to learn more, go to ShopX, S-H-O-P-P-E-X dot C-O. Now, I want to talk a little bit about marketing to new followers, people that are not your customers yet. You mentioned that you guys are advertising on Instagram. Talk to us a little bit more about this. Like what goes into the ads when it comes to the creative and the copy itself when you are advertising on Instagram? So in terms of the creative, we, again, similar to what we do on our standard Instagram post, but we're looking for products which we think are going to grab attention and are bright and colorful and we like to use a mixture of product types as well so that whoever this ad is going out to we're more likely to engage with them so yeah we we use a range of product types and try and keep it exciting for our customers that's pretty much it I just want to talk a little bit about, so your business model, just by the nature of it, is selling one-off products. Can you talk to us about the complexities and the, the difficulties with scaling up a business that sells one-off products? Yeah, so it's a very manual process in, in terms of what we're doing for our, for our business model. So every item that, that comes into our store, we need to prep for um prep for sales so we need to wash it measure it picture it and list it and then 
once that's um, listed online, we may do some marketing content on it if it goes on our Instagram channels or we'll um, push it on our social media and then, you know, it's sold. But it's a lot of effort going into um, selling one piece. And what what is um, frustrating is when we have certain products which we know we could sell hundreds of and you only you only have one of them that is yeah the thing that it's frustrating but it's yeah it's a manual manual process i think we're we're very slick at what we do here now that we get up at least 150 items onto the website every day so we are yeah, sort of working at a very efficient level on that but again we still want to scale the business but it just means yeah sort of a lot more people to make sure that we can we can get the stock listed and online and shipped out as well. Wow, so 150 new items every day. At any given time, like how many SKUs do you have on the website? It ranges from around 4,000 anywhere up to sort of 8,000 SKUs. Wow, that's, that's, that's definitely a ton to manage. Now, when you are getting 150 new items, again, these one-off items most of the time, What's your method for for sourcing it at scale? Like how many how many like how do you source for a business like yours? So we've got a number of suppliers that work for us around around the world. So it is a a constant battle, sort of making sure we stay on top of it and make sure we've got enough stock coming in, and that can be quite difficult to manage. But ultimately, we've yeah, we've got many suppliers who know what we're after. And we stay in regular contact with them to make sure that they're they're looking for the stock that we want. So, yeah, again, we try and have a, a broad product range as well so that our customers are seeing a range of brands, a range of product types. And we, we control new brands out pretty easily and, and see how see how they sell. And, yeah, there's um, there's a lot of stock that we have coming in. We have a, yeah, at least a thousand pieces coming in every week. So. It's um, a lot of work staying on top of it. Amazing. So we mentioned, we talked about ShopX already for the mobile shopping app experience. What are other some apps that you use to help run the business? Uh, so some other apps for our Shopify apps. We love Loyalty Lion. That's yeah, a really good loyalty program for us, which we've been running for a few years. And another one is Clavio or Clavio, however you pronounce it uh, that's really transformed our email marketing and yeah you mentioned earlier ShopX is another one of our yeah important tools when it comes to the loyalty program how does that work how do you set up your loyalty program to incentivize people to keep on returning and purchasing so we offer points for a range of things obviously refer a friend is uh yeah one that we really like so we give points out for that we even do a few points for visiting the website um, just to keep people coming back on a regular basis and that keeps um, our website views high and then we offer points for uh, birthdays as well and of course on purchases so yeah we offer uh, sort of extensive um, loyalty points on on those yeah, various mm-hmm. various reasons there yeah got it which which action do you do, is I guess is your favorite for your for your customer to take? Is it referring a friend? Is it visiting the website? Which one do you think is most impactful for the business? Referring a friend is probably the the one we um, yeah try and push and give more points to, just as it gets us in front of potentially a, a whole new customer who we've never engaged with before. 
Um, and then, yeah, making a purchase as well. We like to reward people for well for that as well. Awesome. So we mentioned ShopX, which is the mobile app uh, shopping experience. TrueVintage.com is the website. And I'll leave you this last question. What do you think needs to happen this year for you to consider this year a success? This year, we are looking to upscale and increase our revenue by 30%. So we've got pretty ambitious targets, but we're moving to a new warehouse space and we think um, yeah, that can definitely be achieved. So we're looking at increasing the product offering and the amount we're putting online. Um, and then, yeah, going from there. But that's our main goal is just to get our revenue up and provide a better experience for our customers in terms of our website and our app. And yeah, there's, there's a few things we've got on the horizon which are exciting, but um, our customers will, will see those later this year if they stay tuned to our social channels or app. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for your time, Rory. Cheers, Felix. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Shopify Masters, the e-commerce podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs powered by Shopify.